action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, a trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and head of podcast at Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. You've never heard of? <laughs> and we're going to the movies. We're going to continue our deep dive into Quentin Tarantino <laughs> by watching... Pulp Fiction. Is he aware we're doing a deep dive? <laughs> he'll, be abs- he'll be absolutely fine with it. <laughs> Pulp Fiction is the film that put him on the map, essentially, and it's three interconnecting stories. In the first, we've got Jules and Vince. They're retrieving a briefcase for their mob boss. In the second, Vince is escorting the boss's girlfriend, Mia, out for the night. And in the third, a boxer double-crosses the mob boss and we see the consequences thereafter. Had you seen this one before? Not necessarily in that order. Either, Not necessarily really. like, in that order. No. It's all it's all chopped up and kind of sewn together willy-nilly, you might say. Well, it's... Well, it's, it's not, though, is it? <laughs> it's not so much a movie as three short films that just happen to share a rough timeline. Yeah, which is how it started out. Oh, um, really? Yeah, well, the... Um, you know, it says story by Quentin Tarantino and Roger, Roger Avery. Avery. Yeah, who went on to direct the best... Brett Easton Ellis adaptation ever, The Rules of Attraction. Oh, yeah. I, I, I even like that one more than American Psycho. Oh, wow. I love American Psycho. I really want to rewatch Rules of Attraction because I saw it too young. I was expecting it to be like Dawson's Creek. It wasn't. Fuck no. <clears throat> um, no, it was billed as like Dawson's Gone Bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's great. Um, but, but yeah, Roger Avery wrote a short story, uh, a short film, sorry, that Quentin Tarantino was going to work on with him. And then they were like, ah, shit, nobody is actually going to finance a short film. So let's make it into a kind of a, a trilogy feature film yeah. with three different stories interweaving. Oh, um, a, what are they called? Anthology. Yes, it, that went straight out of my head. Yeah. Yes, I had seen it before, a long time ago. I think I kind of did the early Tarantino stuff in one big swoop. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I didn't remember loads of it actually coming to rewatch it again so this was um, the first time you'd watched it since in, like, 20 in the years. 21st century fuck yeah i know and I, I it's such a weird film it's like towards the end i was just thinking god this is so weird in what way i just don't really get the point of it like i <laughs> i really like i really like it and i really enjoyed it but it's just kind of like a romp oh yeah i mean there is no there's nothing to be learned, no. really. It's just a case of going, here are three slices of pulp fiction. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it. You know, it's meant to be disposable. That's what pulp fiction was. Pulp fiction being the the cheaply paperbacks. printed paperbacks from the 1950s that you read once and threw away. Yeah, but I think that's why I was so confused by this film. Because pulp fiction, it, I could see that working as a book. A, a a nostalgic tongue-in-cheek novel mm. but to have it as a film i was just really confused so like so is it based on something or is it not based on something or what i don't really understand so is this a living book or what is it like where's well, i think where's the, the disney book opening at the start of the film <laughs> that's like pulp fiction well, i think like a lot of quentin tarantino quentin tarantino's stuff is it's 
I mean, he describes it as hip hop filmmaking. He takes a sample from here, takes a sample from here, takes a sample from here, squashes it all together and somehow mails he's got it to himself, himself a film <laughs> and he mails it to me. <laughs> but I, I, I can I can I can totally undersee I can totally see what you mean in, in the sense of yes, what is the point? What was the point of watching all that? I think it's just for sheer enjoyment. Maybe that's his version of, you know, mm. popcorn. Love actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's so you'd seen it before, obviously. Yes, I had seen it before. I'd seen it. I'm, 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 I remember it coming out and I didn't see it then, but I remember people being insanely hot on the soundtrack. Oh, I was yeah. 11 when it came out, so there was no way I was going to be able to see it in the cinema and you would have been the same age. You had to get the bootleg DVD. Boot, bootleg VHS. <laughs> I don't think I saw it until it came on TV towards the end of the 90s. Mm. And then maybe I saw it once before... I remember I did see it a couple of years ago because it played 35mm at a cinema. So I saw it oh, then. Cool. I think played at Picture House. And then obviously I watched it for this. So oh, a lot yeah. of it was familiar. Some of it I had forgotten. Or some of it, uh, it was almost like confirming the memory that I had of it. I think, as remember, it's thinking back now as a teenager watching it. I was like an older teenager because I, I think I was watching it to like be cool before I started my film course at university to like, yeah, I know Pulp Fiction, I know Tarantino, meh, meh, meh. But Uma Thurman is the main image on the, the poster. It's yeah. her like on a bed or a sofa. Was she in the back of a car? She's Where lying she? on a bed or something. And she's got a various, she's got paraphernalia from the film around her. Yeah. And I thought she was like the most interesting thing in the film. I thought she was so great. She had such a distinctive look. She was such a enigmatic character i really wanted to know more about her and then she's only in that first story yeah. really like i mean she has a brief moment in the third act yeah where she's by the pool and those sunglasses um but i remember being really disappointed that i didn't get to find out more about mia because i actually thought she seemed really cool well does she represent that he's treating women a little bit better um i don't know because why does mia need her boss's staff guy to take her out because he's out of town. Does she not have any friends of her own? Well, I don't think what he trusts her. Because yeah. they've already set up that she lets someone give her a foot massage. Oh, yeah. Which the other one but did says she? it's like, well, but that's the He still got chucked out the window, didn't he? Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think Mar- the boss... Is it Marseille? Yeah, I don't think Marcellius um, trusts her. So he has to leave her with Vince. Yeah who almost kills her. <laughs> well, she almost kills herself. No, yeah, she does. Do you think if she hadn't OD'd, they would have fucked? Probably, actually. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. Is, does it... So what was your question? If it, he's right... He's... Well, if, he, if he's suddenly... Because in, 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 in Reservoir Dogs, there's only one woman on screen and she's shot. Yeah, I was like, there's another one who gets dragged out of a window. <laughs> yes, but in this one... Which is obviously we have a, At least... Well, yeah, it's not very... It's no, it's no better, is it? <laughs> but in this one, at least we have a walking, talking character yeah she's she's very similar to uh what's her name from jackie brown she's also an m name what's the blonde one yeah brenda brenda bridget fonda oh is that bridget fonda yeah oh okay they're very similar characters where they're kept by a strong seemingly strong criminal man yes and don't really seem to have any kind of life outside of that and are into various um, substances. Well, the difference being with her from Jackie she's Brown, brunette. 
Yes. <laughs> one's got black hair, one's got blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. But the one in Jackie Brown is no way near as respected or liked like Mia. Mia seems oh, to yeah. only have respect and is treated well because the men fear the repercussions of the boss. That's Not necessarily true. that they like Mia. Yeah. In fact, Vince doesn't even, didn't even want to take her out for dinner. Yeah, because he was too scared. Well, yeah. What would happen? That as well. Mm. He was more scared of what the man was going to do, not the experience that he would have with Mia. Yeah. I don't know. I, and I thought she was an interesting character. You know, you don't... It's become on vogue to write, inverted commas, strong, independent female characters. And she just... You know, she... Is she one? I don't know. She's obviously built... She's obviously had this life with this guy. Yeah. And she's maybe allowed herself to live in this way. I don't, you don't get the sense that she's stupid or been taken advantage of. It almost feels like she has decided this is the life that she wants. She's a femme fatale. Yeah. She's a, she's a Hitchcock femme fatale without being blonde. Yeah. And she's had her own life. She was an actress in that show that sounded awesome. That sounded like Kill Bill. The, the Fox Five. That sounded like Kill Bill. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, I really want to watch that TV. Oh, wait, I can just watch Kill you Bill. Watch it. We'll, we'll watch it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. No, next week. Yeah. No, the week after next. Yeah. Whichever, whatever you <laughs> when, say is right. When is it on? <laughs> I don't. Check the schedule. Check Netflix. Um, I love her joke as well. Oh, remind me of the joke? Um, it's really funny. That's a really sweet moment in this yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what the joke is, but it was really funny because it wasn't funny. It can't have been that funny. I just love the idea that her character's thing, because it's clearly based on Charlie's Angels, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, her character had to have a thing and that thing was she gets to tell a joke every episode and it's really funny. I just thought that was so sweet. And you could just imagine Tarantino sitting down going, oh, I'm going to create this fictional TV show. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's always seems to be erased from, from pop fiction history. Yeah, but I mean, how much of it actually is him? Because it really, really feels like Tarantino, this film. You know, so much dialogue. Yeah. And very specific kind of characters doing very specific kind of things um, that are Tarantino-esque. I didn't really get a sense of anybody else really in the film. What's the one attribute that links all these stories? Oh, God, I hate questions like this. Uh... In no less than 250 words. (laughs) Please show your markings out in the margin. (laughs) My markings out. Your markings out. My working, working out. out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all trying to do the right thing. I think oh. they're all trying to take the righteous path. Okay. Jules is literally. He's he's done with it. He he's seen the light. I've seen the light. Yeah. He doesn't want any more death. He just doesn't want the hassle. Doesn't want the violence. We'll just stop shooting people then. <laughs> well, he, he is. He's like, I'm giving this up. Yeah. This is me. This is it now. Vince, he wants to treat Mia well. He wants to do the right thing. He doesn't want to be seen as an asshole in the eyes of his boss because he knows he's going to get chucked out the window. Mm. So regardless of what his, um, you know, his motivation is, he's still trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Bruce Willis, not the late Bruce Willis because he was very much alive here. Well, he'd had some flops. No, just in this film, he is very much alive. He is very much oh, right. yeah, yeah, being yeah. the actor that we all know he can be when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, but he wants to honour his father. And he does the right thing by saving Ving Rhames' life. 
which obviously Tom Cruise has thanked mm. him for multiple times. Yeah, he did, didn't and he? And obviously Christopher Walken gives Bruce the watch. The ass watch. Yeah, the ass watch. And then that's him fulfilling a long ago promise to the dead soldier, the yeah. Bruce's father. So they're all trying to do the right thing. That's interesting. I didn't really notice that. But does this film show men in a good light? Oh, well, they're all kind of um, violent, really, in different ways. So Bruce Willis's character is a boxer and he takes he takes a bribe to throw the the fight, but then he doesn't throw it and then he runs off with the money. Yeah. So he's... Yeah, he double crosses the mob. Yeah. The, the mob boss. Yeah. Um, no, I think they're all pretty awful human beings, aren't they? <laughs> Are they? <laughs> <laughs> but they, they seem to have a moral code, right? There seems to be honour among thieves. Much like Reservoir yeah. Dogs. There is an environment or a, a set of rules they are working to, which is, you know, you don't fuck over the boss. Yeah. You don't rub the feet of the boss's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you pay the consequences. Yeah. So in that way, there is honour. Jules is very polite. He's forceful, but he's very polite. He's almost like, do you mind if I taste your burger? Do you mind <laughs> if I have a sip of your Fanta to wash this down with? Oh, yeah. And Vince is like, Say please. Yeah. Which Harvey Cartel does not like. No. Harvey Cartel also dressed in exactly the same way that he looks in those insurance ads that he does. But that's why he did it. <laughs> I know, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very strange way to sell it's insurance. Not, it's not like it's the same character, essentially. I wonder yeah. how they get away with that legally. It's bizarre. And if, and if Roger Avery and, and Quentin Santino get a kickback. Mm, maybe. Do you know what really blows my mind? Is watching Pulp Fiction now is... The equivalent of me watching films from the 60s in the 90s. Yeah. It, that's yeah, how, that's how fast years. That's yeah. how fast time moves. Well, time moves no Relatively. faster than it normally does. Relatively. But yeah. I know what you mean. But that So now when kids are like, oh, that really old film from the 90s, which makes my stomach fall through my ass. Um, that's what it's like. Like for me in the 90s, I was like, films from the 60s, they were so old. So 2001, The Space Odyssey would have been 25 years old the year that Jurassic Park came out. Yeah. Which seems insane. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can completely get that. But, but I, think I feel like time is, I feel like time has somewhat stopped in movie making in terms of the last, since Jurassic Park, yes, CGI has improved massively. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think there's a huge delineation in the way that there was between black and white and sound and sound and then big budgets. And, you know, I don't feel like... Well, like the tone or the way they make movies. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, it's, I think it comes down to the fact that if you took a snapshot of the, night, of the late 60s and you took a snapshot of the early 90s, that is two very, very vastly different cultures. Yeah. Technology obviously has changed our lives to such a degree that if you take a snapshot of the 90s and a snapshot of now, it's less different than comparing the, le- the early 90s to the late 60s. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's true. So if, if, if this film, Pulp Fiction, had been made in the late 60s and we were sat here in 1993 discussing it, it would be vastly, vastly alien. Mm. But the fact is, you could make Pulp Fiction now with modern technology like mobile phones or iPads featuring in there and it probably wouldn't feel or look all that much different. Yeah. 
Apart from you wouldn't get Samuel L. Jackson pulling out his flip phone and making a call to Harvey Keitel. No, he would... It would be an iPhone. He'd pull out an iPhone. But I think there is or a certain he'd, sense he'd message of nostalgia. Or he'd on iMessage on the Mac. <laughs> I don't use iMessage. You do, because you message me on it. No, I don't. You text me via your... Phone. Yeah, that's an iMessage. Oh, right. <laughs> I, but you, you were looking at your laptop when you said it, so... Okay, Grandma, <laughs> let me tell you how this works. But I think this film, I think... Pulp Fiction hasn't aged mm. because I think it's generally rooted in a 1950s look. Mm. Everything's kind of lit like a 1950s film and everything's got that retro feeling that is still relevant today. Do you think that Tarantino directs... Uh, what do you think of his directing style? In what? How he's... How the... Where he's placing the camera, where yeah. he's... Um, All of it. What, what do you mean? What do I think of it? <laughs> I think he. I think he. What fully, is? What makes it look like a Tarantino film? I think he fully, fully understands when to keep it wide and when to go in for a tight. Mm. That was so prevalent in Reservoir Dogs, and it's absolutely relevant in this film. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the fact that he's not really that showy either. Like, there's. He doesn't do any kind of Dutch angles. He doesn't... No. He does... In Jackie Brown, the next film, he does add filters and stuff in certain scenes, but he's not super showy. No, he's not... He's not... No, he's not super showy. That comes later. Yeah. The the comic book style. Yeah. Like um, long lens zooms into people. I'm thinking of the one in Django with zooms into uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Leonardo... Leonardo Leonardo and Leonardo DiCaprio lifts up his glass yeah um so no no okay what what does make this a a Quentin Tarantino it's almost like then it's almost it sounds like it's lazy but he almost point he he points the camera at his characters and lets the scene live through them I'd like he's not he's not a boring stale visually director no but he doesn't need to resort to crazy inventive angles he's he can just let the characters talk and that's that's the strength maybe that's his strength yeah that is always that's always been his strength and the other person who has that i think to a slightly lesser degree is kevin smith yeah you could close your eyes and absolutely identify a kevin smith film but if you open it and turn the sounds off you couldn't necessarily see a correlation between any of his films yeah I think there's huge parallels to be drawn between Kevin Smith and, and Quentin Tarantino. Mm. They've both come of age in a certain era. They've both come from video stores. You know, they both come from Miramax. <clears throat> yeah, Harvey they, discovered both of them. Yeah, they've got bizarrely twin careers without actually making films anything like each other. Yeah, it's they're just of a certain generation. Although maybe Red State is the closest Kevin Smith ever got to making a Quentin Tarantino, Ethan uh, Joel. Joel and Ethan Cohen brothers film. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Who is the hero of this film? Mia, because she's my favourite. <laughs> that doesn't make her the hero. <laughs> um I suppose what what's um Jules? He he goes on the journey. He's the character who is different at the end to who who he is at the beginning. Whereas, well, he has a arc. He's the one who has a heart. But does that make arc, him a? Yeah. Does that um, make him a hero? 
Be- mm. Going on a hero's journey doesn't make you a hero. I suppose Bruce Willis is, is the most conventional hero because he has the drippy, pathetic woman waiting for him in the motel room. I think um, I packed it. She was so annoying. <laughs> but, oh. And also, if Mia is a strong independent or independent-ish, as you can get in the Quentin Tarantino movie in this period of his life, if she is the closest to that, this other character is the complete opposite. She yeah. is reliant on men. She can't even come out of the hotel room without being asked by Bruce Willis. And when she does, she cries. Yeah. I was just like, oh, who's, for God's sake. Whose motorcycle is this? It's not a motorcycle, it's a chopper. Whose chopper is Who's chopper? This? I want a belly like Madonna in Lucky Star. <laughs> she was so irritating. Um, yeah, he like he has the hero. He has the building blocks of a hero. Yeah. Because he uh, looks like a hero. He looks like John McClane. He, Funny that. He saves the guy who's getting fucked in the back room. Yeah. Um, then he goes off on his you motorcycle. Mean his yeah. And <laughs> his back, uh, <laughs> back passage. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't know anything that had happened before he uh, gets into the car accident, yeah. you would assume that he's a hero. But he's not because he's thrown the match and stolen the money. Yeah, but he is double-crossing a bad guy. Yeah, so he's not a hero. Well, according to Quentin Tarantino rules, I guess, he is a hero. Because clearly Mr. Orange in Reservoir Dogs is is meant to be some sort of hero. And he's double-crossed the bad guys by being the rat. Here, Bruce Willis, obviously fallen on hard times, has decided to double-cross the bad guy, and stay righteous himself. Righteous! If you if you look at the chronology of the entire film, it goes... Um, Bruce Willis is given the watch as a kid. Yeah. Then... Um, I kept forgetting that he was the grown-up kid because John Travolta and Christopher Walken sound so similar in this film that I just, for some reason, kept thinking that they were related. Look who's talking. <laughs> Put Thank it you. in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bruce Willis gets given the, the watch as a kid. Then we go into the story where Jules and Vince are picking up the case. Um, then they accidentally shoot Marlon in the face. Then they have to do the cleanup with Mr. Wolf. Then there's the uh, diner scene. White Wolf. White Wolf. Is that why he's called Mr. Wolf? Because he was Mr. White and now he's Mr. Wolf. I don't know. He's a white wolf. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Then there's the diner scene. Yeah. Um, then they go to the boss, drop the case off. Vince then taunts Bruce at the bar. Vince then takes Mia out to dinner. Um, she does the overdose. Then we have the she boxing. Does the she does the overdose. <laughs> then we have the boxing and the gimp story. And the end of that story, Bruce and the irritating girl ride <laughs> off into the sunset on the chopper, yeah. which is the cowboy thing he's riding off into the sunset with the girl on on the horse right yeah he is the hero of the piece mm. but he kills vince well vince was going to kill him where does that come in the actual timeline i found that i just told you oh sorry <laughs> so the when they're walking out of the diner at the very very end of the scene and they're in like the yeah. shorts and t-shirt they then go to the boss's place because when we see Earlier on, the um, the scene with Bruce Willis chatting with the boss. Yes. They come in dressed like that. 
Oh, yes, of yeah. course. I'd forgotten that. Mm-hmm. And Vince was sent to Bruce Willis's house to find him because it's the day after or the two days after throwing the fight. I'm still really confused. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just take it from me. He's the, he's yeah. the fucking hero. Let's talk about the accident thesis that you introduced last episode. So what's the accident here? Because this thesis, just to remind everyone, says that everything in in a Quentin Tarantino, the plot is usually revolving around some sort of accident. So in Reservoir Dogs, it was the the botched heist. In this film, what's the accident? I can think of three already. Well, there's an overdose, clearly. Yeah, that's an accident. Um... There's the thing, the stupid girl in the motel, she does something, she has an act, she does something, doesn't she? She forgets the watch. She forgets the watch. Yeah. I thought I packed it. She's like Mr. Burns after he's had his treatment. <laughs> I bring you love. <laughs> so annoying. She's just like a little like Furby or something. Um, <laughs> what's the other, what's the third? Oh, the, obviously the car girl. They shoot her in the face. They shoot Marlon shoot in Marlon the face. face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's quite a few accidents in this one. But do they spur... Yeah, and they spur the action on. So they that happens and then something happens from the accident. So, yeah. yeah. Like Bruce wouldn't have left the motel room alone if he the watch hadn't been missing. Exactly. And he yeah. wouldn't have run into... The gimp man. Well, the, the, the boss. Yeah, the boss who Sorry, is... What sort of boss goes out to get his own coffee and donuts? <laughs> one who likes S&M? I don't know. Well, he doesn't like S&M, does he? That shop reminded me of the mental uh, military guy from Falling Down. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a pure... Maybe those sort of things really existed in LA in the early yeah, 90s. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That was horrible. Yeah. Let's thing. talk about Quentin Tarantino grammar. Okay. This film, I think, really solidifies a Quentin Tarantino look. Actually, maybe this is where... The, the Quentin Tarantino look comes from not necessarily any flashy camera movements it's what he's actually put into the film yeah you know because you've got again people wearing a black suit black tie white shirt covered in blood covered in blood um, restaurant diner scenes yeah Reservoir Dogs opened like that so did, did you this know film did you know that the uh, yeah that, I love that as a device it's yeah. quite, so great because when they're when Vince and Jules are sitting in the diner, you immediately go, oh, fuck, that's the same diner. Yeah. He always wants to use a Denny's, Quentin Tarantino, but they've uh, never allowed him. They've never wanted to be associated with Tarantino. With Tarantino. It's like, is this ketchup Tarantino ketchup? <laughs> or is it blood? But he makes, yeah, he's like, but he makes his own brands. That's, yeah. that's like his, like, fuck you to commercialism or whatever. Yeah. Um, Smith does that as yeah. well. So there's Tim Roth, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Steve Buscemi, the recurring players, um, Harvey Keitel, yeah. uh, racist slurs, criminals, crime, yeah. fast that was, characters. That was a moment that I felt a little bit like, mm, what was when Tarantino was playing himself in the kitchen. Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. While yelling the N-word at Samuel L. Jackson. And it, but it's a device. It's yeah. not, he's not playing himself. He's was playing he not cat- playing himself? Well, well, he, he can't. You know, he's like Ricky Gervais. He can only act in a particular way. Yeah. But it's a different character each time. But if Ricky Gervais, if, if David Brent, sorry, was, was to say the N-word, that's not Ricky Gervais being racist. Mm. That is David Brent being racist. Mm. I also thought that Quentin actually looked like he'd had some like easy living 
because he looked actually quite um, stylized in he, Pulp Fiction. He had a bit of stubble. Yeah, exactly. He actually looked very relaxed and like yeah, he was having a... Here. You know, yeah. Danny DeVito was one of the producers. Oh, it's yeah, I did see that, yeah. Uh, Fast talking characters, I said, cool music. This is where really... That one. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> although, although watching it, I was like, hit, 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 because <laughs> the, the black uh, IP yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Pulp Fiction, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Joshua, give us a clue as to what's coming up next week. The next film we're covering is the first and only Tarantino film that has a female name in the title. Oh, I wonder what that could be. <laughs> it's called Mia, A Love Story. <laughs> Head on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and TuneIn Radio. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Oh, and this episode is also the first one that uh, shows off Tarantino's love of uh, women's feet. You know that he loves women's feet, especially Uma Thurman's? But he showed Uma Thurman's feet. Yes. In this, in this one. one. Oh, I thought you meant next week's. No, this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, he follows her feet. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a thing for feet. Like, you first see... Who doesn't the, have a thing for feet? You first see the back of her looking at screens, and then the first time you see her actually in the scene... Is her feet. Is her feet walking down and then stopping. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, if you like feet, come and tell Josh on Twitter. What's the Twitter yeah. name? Rat Tom Stubbs Pod. Um, hashtag Tarantino Feet. Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> We're off on the path of the righteous. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut. Cut.